Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is season four, the show where three guys with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture hang out and get walk you through the most cutting edge or not information in the world of those things. This is the worst introduction I've ever done. I'm your host. <laughs> I got distracted. Some those like a blue line flashed on my screen and I forgot what I was doing. Um and like that is a bow, you know, that is not very high. So that <laughs> right. is saying something to well, be able to cross I mean, that Rubicon. That's here. so true. Do we just do we just stop there and say that this episode is the, done? No, no, oh. <laughs> no, not in the episode. We, in the case, just kind of say like, you know what? Sometimes you mess up the intro, and then you're just like, well, you know what it is, anyway. Yeah, you guys are. Yeah, yeah you guys are all caught up. You, you get here. it. We're not and doing this, a lot of new listeners. I don't. I don't think. This is, I mean, even know, if it is life. a new listener, you've got a bunch of, like, look in your feed right now. you got a bunch of intros yeah, this is, to choose from. Now from. On, my introduction is going to be, welcome to Read and Weep, figured out from context clues. <laughs> I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording from uh, where I, North Koreatown, Los Angeles, where I recently had a stroke, apparently. Also joining me from Southeast Portland, he's at Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, Alex. Uh, great to be here. And I have a question for you. Uh, what are you wearing? What are you? Uh, who? Uh, what designer are you wearing today oh. on those red carpet here? Oh, okay. You, I'm glad you clarified designer because yeah. before that it was sexier. Yeah. No, I was just asking. Uh, uh, I just, you know, it's yeah. It's a war season. Yes. We're all dressed up. I'm yeah. wearing a three-piece Tom Ford custom. Currently. Oh, I love. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Give me a Tom with, Ford. Yes, yeah, Tom Ford custom. My own design, uh, you, signature Crocs, and uh, <laughs> my fancy beret. So, you know, my classic Oscar look. I am uh, I am not wearing that. Um, I, that's a great, great description. You sound like you look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wearing the outfit from Call Me By Your Name, the song, not the movie. Wow. The Lil Nas X uh, cowboy outfit when he yes. dances on Satan. Yes. Mm. And and does he wear the blood shoes in? I, the... I don't know if he actually wore the blood shoes in that video. I th- I'm just wearing a pink cowboy outfit. That should be enough for you. You get it. Good. It's a good lot look. of straps and studs. Uh, it's going to be lighting you? up Twitter tomorrow. Yeah. I do feel like in general, there's just such a narrower range for dudes on the Oscars. I think they should go riskier. Further. Go bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Hunter, yeah. what are you wearing? Uh, what am I wearing? Yeah. Well, th- th- introduce me. I wanted oh, to do oh, yeah. my introduction I, I, bit. I forgot I had him. <laughs> context clues, everybody. I called him Hunter. You should... Anyway, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Arkansas. It's Mr. Hunter Donaldson. Hi, I'm Anthony Hopkins. Uh, <laughs> that was... That was... I just needed... I just thought that was funny. Um, yeah, that is funny. I agree. So I'm wearing... I'm dressed as Anthony Hopkins... Uh, from Silence of the Lambs, not mm. not regular street Anthony full Hopkins. Face mask. Well, yes, I, full, I, full like face the, mask. Oh, I thought I was gonna hope you were gonna say the that outfit he's wearing at the end, that like tan suit with the bad wig. Uh, wait, no, yes, that one. Yeah, that, that is that actually that is a, a pretty choice outfit. Like a nice scarf. Uh, the big uh tan fedora he's wearing. Yes. great iconic outfit. I do right prefer on. that to having to bring you out on a hand truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're yeah. so tied up. That's a good thing. Behind, 
Hunter, you do look good in a prison jumpsuit, though. I mean, I gotta yeah. say, you, it's in my blood. I'm from Arkansas. Okay, it's yeah. just like it's it's my stock. You know, I yeah. look good in it. Well, we appreciate you guys listening to the show, despite the obvious clues that you shouldn't. And before we start it, uh, I would like to thank a couple, uh, all of our meat buddies. I'd like to thank all of our meat buddies who help keep the show at this quality and below. If you'd like to join them and help us limp over the low bar we set for ourselves every week, go to metreon.com. And we really appreciate everyone who supports the show. Okay, so what is going on today? So season four is about perfect opinions. And in previous years, we've talked a little bit about the Oscars this year when the Oscars are going to be the least watched of all time. We went all in on our Oscar coverage. This is our third episode in a row of Oscar pre-hype. So we talked about four of the Best Picture nominations already. And today we are going to wrap up. We're going to do a brief discussion of some of the other ones that we've seen. And then we're going to do our Oscar predictions, our bold predictions, including our high stakes game of Oscar ballot uh pool predictions um which yeah. we'll tell you more about because you can play at home uh, i'll tell you about that in a second but first let's do some cleanup um best picture cleanup so we watched four of the eight films i believe um what else have you guys seen that we have not covered yet um do you want uh the i mean i can start with yeah, give me, so, give me the, of, of so we, the, wa- we watched trial of chicago seven uh, Nomadland, Minari, and Mank. So that leaves uh, the father, Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, promising young woman in Sound of Metal. So we did half. Yes. So what else have you seen? So uh, this week, uh, I finally caught up uh, just last night, actually, and finally got around to seeing Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, Damn it. Really, really well oh. made. Was um, it phenomenal? Did you like it? Yeah, was I, it really phenomenal? I thought so. Because I, uh, I, I like didn't uh, so I didn't watch Judas and the Black Messiah, and I didn't watch The Father, and and I really and I just stopped because to be honest, and I feel like I should say this early into the discussion. I just was I was just done. I was just like I'm done. I don't want to watch any more of these. Like every every one of them felt like they had some sort of except for I liked Promising Young Woman really with no qualifications yeah. there. Yeah. Um, well, you, I, so, Anthony sold me on The Father. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to still try yes, to catch so it. I have it uh, the two I've missed that I will watch before the end of this week is The Father and Sound of Metal. I have seen. Oh, okay. I saw Promising Young Women, Woman a few weeks ago, and I finally saw Judas and the Black Messiah last night. I thought it was uh, really well acted, very well shot. It's a story that is certainly, I think, um, should be told, and I'm really glad that it is. I do think there's a lot of weird stuff about it, like we sort of mentioned. I think last week, like the idea that Laika Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya are both best supporting noms right. when yeah. it's like, who the fuck's the lead of that movie? It's clearly like a Stanfield. Um, yeah, I, I, so I that's the thing that I like talking about because having two names in the title, I assume those are the main characters, but that is obviously not how movies have to yeah. work. Uh, like I, uh, for example, uh, the sound of metal. I would not say that metal is the main character. I mean, it's, sound the movies, <laughs> arguably. The, the movie's more of a love letter to metal. You know, I mean, metal's definitely going to get an and in the credits. Uh, but no. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, in terms of Jesus and the Black Judas and the Black Messiah, I, Ooh, I big, really bigness. did. I did. I really did enjoy it. I, it is definitely we. A few weeks ago, when we were trying to figure out the first episode we were going to do in this, we sort of talked about maybe doing Judas and the Black Messiah and Trial of the Chicago Seven. We should have done it. We, we should have well, said that <laughs> Trial was 
optional is what we well, should have done. Yeah, I, I agree wish with we that. had I the wisdom that to do that. But I mean, I definitely am kind of glad we didn't because uh, Judas and the Black Messiah made me even angrier uh, oh. at the way these things were portrayed in the trial of Chicago 7. Uh, oh, see, that sounds I, more. Fun. If we had been, I mean, I, yeah. I think we could have been more unfair to uh, yes. yeah. trial of the Chicago Seven. For I would have sure. been into that. Yeah, it, it, um, but yeah, the way this movie is, you know, it tells the story. Like I said, I think uh, needs to be told. It's a very fascinating uh, story. I really did not know much about. Like I know of Fred Hampton, but I certainly didn't know about the FBI's uh, involvement and you know the essentially his execution and the way like trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, explains the way he was murdered is very untrue and i think again kind of like goes into a lot of my problems with that movie it's like the way he just he doles out information is like through a prism uh that's supposed to like make things like kind of be blunted or you know being you know just not good uh but i did i did really like it i think the performances across the board are incredible the cinematography the filmmaking's really good um I really, really enjoyed it. Definitely glad I saw it. I uh, it didn't necessarily like like floor me in the way I was kind of ex- expecting in terms of like uh, like being really, really like heavy. It's actually you know a fairly like insightful, fairly light touch movie in terms of what it's doing. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I right. could definitely would suggest checking it out. All right, Hunter, what else? What's your report from one of the remaining three movies? Uh, did anybody else see Sound of Metal? I did. That's the only one I can talk about. So do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk Why about that Why don't you, you talk about it first so that I can uh, agree with you and not be embarrassed? Oh, sure. Well, um, I thought that uh, the lead actor, which I should have pulled up. Riz Ahmed. Ahmed? Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, really, yeah. really liked his performance. Uh, and uh, I know in his category, best actor... He's probably not going to get it, but it's I think crowded. Yeah, it's crowded and there's a lot of reasons to go other ways with it. But from what I've seen, I I think his was my favorite individual performance mm. now. And the movie also has kick ass sound design, uh, like real, real good. Yeah. Uh, really interesting. I, if I were to rewatch it, I would rewatch it. Uh, in headphones. That's oh, how like cool yeah, that's some of the stuff idea. is that they do in the movie. Uh, also, though, the movie had some weird stuff in it. This is the year of movies having stuff in it that makes me feel weird and uh, like authenticity stuff that makes me feel strange. The movie has, I don't want to spoil it because you have to kind of go deep into the plot to explain it, but to kind of broadly talk about it, the movie has a prejudice against. Um, these implants that uh, I forget what they're called. They're like cochlear implants, cochlear implants It has kind of a prejudice against them in the movie. Yes. And it's not a super, it's not a super defined. Pre- I mean, it's not like a hate movie for these implants, but there's weird stuff in there about implants so that here, I do not fully what, here, understand. Let me, yeah, let me just do my little bit of adding to Come this without spoiling the plot um, is that, uh, I found out afterwards, I did some reading about this, that there yes. is a strong divide in the yes. deaf community about implants because the, 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 the dividing line seems to be um, whether deafness is a cultural thing or a medical condition that can be fixed. And cochlear implants is the decision that it is a medical condition that can be fixed. And this movie strongly 
takes or I guess not 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 that strongly, but definitely does take the stance that deafness is a culture and that if you make the other decision, you deserve to be punished by the plot. Uh, I think right. that's a safe way to describe without giving anything away. I I I, I totally agree with that too, and and I also did the I did research as well afterward. The whole theme of this year is watching these movies and then reading stuff about them later that then makes me feel <laughs> either more complicated about them or whatever. Yeah, but well, so just I, in sorry, the movie I though, to, I just want to keep just slowing in, you down, but I just want to say that yeah. is an interesting thing. Do you feel bad about that? Like you hate that it involves more reading, or do you like it? Uh, no, it's it's fine for a movie to invite me to investigate. Like, I think that's cool. But in the case of, of this movie, it made me feel like the, the movie itself had more work to do that it didn't do within the scope of the movie. Because it felt like, um, there's that quote, I like brought this up last week with like a completely different movie. And I feel like it applies to like all these movies. Like, like a, it's a Sidney uh, Poitier quote. Quote, I think I may have just butchered his name yeah. um, uh, of like uh, a good, a great film is like two sides of a really good argument. Right. This feels like kind of a one side of side thing. of a great argument. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and, a, and, very well said. And I feel weird. I'm not, I'm not trying to take a stance in it. So yeah, which is I don't why know I the answer. Re- I don't know. And, yeah. I, and I don't know the other side very well because right. I feel like this is the, my introduction to that argument. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's such a good way to say it. See, that's Man. why though, I got to pull back and yeah. just say what was in the movie. You know, I, at sometimes whenever you start doing research outside of it, you have to say like, well, what did the movie give me? And the movie did not give me enough. It did not give, give me the kind of, uh, I don't know, like like stability to feel like I was understanding what side to take in this or that it was right what the film was doing with yeah. the implants. So I don't know. I it just it made me feel weird and didn't quite, I feel like, make a strong, uh, wasn't thorough enough with the way it explored this I to make me feel like I could trust completely it. completely agree with everything you said, but still I think I may have enjoyed it more than you a little bit, it sounds like, because I have all those same concerns and I also loved the movie. So yeah, there's a lot I, of good stuff about it. I wish it, it was a little I, better, but man, this movie really hit me hard. Yeah, and I, I, I yeah. haven't seen it yet. I do. Like I said, I'm going to watch it before Sunday. I do want to say as someone who hasn't seen it though, uh, and kind of just my main sort of surface level take on it is just, that uh, I think Riz Ahmed, Ahmed is one of the best like young actors of his generation. I, He's I've really been good. A big, yeah. I've been a huge fan of him for God, like 10 plus years at this point. The very first thing I ever saw him in is this like comedy satire called four lions that I bring up on the podcast. Seemingly a lot for a movie that's pretty obscure, but he yeah. is incredible in that he was, he blew my mind in a uh, night crawler a few years ago being like uh Jake Gyllenhaal's like assistant. He's really, really good in that. He was, did you see, other movie last year, uh, Mo- Mogul Mowgli? No, I have not seen okay, it yet. So here's the craziest fact that I have about this movie and about Riz Ahmed is that this movie is about a metal musician who loses his hearing. And in the same year, he also starred in a movie called Mogul Mowgli about a rapper who gets an autoimmune disease that means he can't tour. Wow. <laughs> There's two movies where he's a musician who gets a medical condition that stops him from being a musician. What and a I, year. I don't know if this is a hunt, like how much he actually does it, but he is actually a musician as well, oh, right? That probably like, he does, does help. Yeah, that makes. He sense. does actually have like I don't know if he necessarily makes music or he does DJing and kind of mix stuff, 
Um, okay, well, but Matt, he you, definitely you, does. You, you took me down one notch, just so you know. He definitely from does musician to DJ, music, definitely a notch you know? down. Well, I'm not again. I don't. I don't want to say one way or another. But I think he yeah. he is also a like a musical performer as well. So I think it's kind of an interesting, um, you know, yeah, thing that he and he was also does. in Rogue One and and the Night of and yeah, he's done some yeah. great yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, um, but yeah, he he's what, just phenomenal. I think, especially because both of you were into this kind of music or music adjacent enough to this kind of music. I think that'll be really interesting for you. Um, I, Anthony, especially I, anyway, really, I thought this movie was really, really interesting. And I watched it with uh, my sister and her boyfriend who are in the music industry. And we well, actually, I love the idea of watching it with headphones. Cause we watched it projected on a garage outside and it still sounded incredible. Mm-hmm. But, um, my favorite part was uh, there's a scene very early on where he's playing in his metal band. And I was like, okay, you guys are professionals. Tell me how big this band is. Like what level of success do they have? And my sister said he's wearing very expensive in-ear monitors currently, but everything else is telling me he's too small to own that kind of monitors. He has a rich friend and that ends up being oh, wow. absolutely true. It was the most impressive call. It's not crucial to the plot, but it's the most incredible pull I've ever seen somebody do on a movie that where they were like, awesome. I've put these three things together from this one piece of technology. It was incredible. Well, that's um, good production design. Like the, the art yeah. department chose the right stuff. Basically. The production design is so, so good. It's um, I the, the one thing that I, there's two things actually that I'm, besides what you've already mentioned, which is fair, but two other things I'm mad about about the movie. One, I'm mad that the sound of music was already taken as a name because I do <laughs> think that's actually better than Sound of Metal. Although there is a cute thing about how um, uh, cochlear implants have kind of a tinny sound. So there's a Sound of Metal thing there. But um, I think Sound of Music would be a better name if it didn't already apply to something else. And then the other thing that I think is the most upsetting thing about this movie is that Amazon, in their warning at the beginning, it says nudity. And the only nudity in the film is hand-drawn. Oh, wow. <laughs> the only nudity in the movie is a sketch he does. And I'm not saying oh it's not God. a sexy sketch. It's hot as heck. <laughs> I would love to go back and just stare at that sketch some more. But that, how is that nudity? How does that count? Calm down, Amazon. Just yeah, calm seriously. down. Sit down, please. What is happening? Please. You guys, um, put, is, put it I, away, you guys. Stop being so horny. I have a question. Is he playing uh, an American drunk musician in the movie? Yes. In the sound of metal, like is it? A, yes. A, is yes. the character yes. of metal? Yes. Okay, because this this is a sidebar. But I was watching watching Judas and the Black Messiah last night, which like I said I I really enjoyed that movie, and I think the performances are incredible in it. But it is like I was wa- I think watching it, and look, I'm not a very nationalistic guy. I'm not someone who's like rah rah America rules or anything. But just looking over. The, the awards this year's and the big performances, uh, especially between like, you know, Trial of Chicago 7 is about real Americans. Uh, Mank is about a real American. Judas mm-hmm. and Black Messiah, real Americans. Almost exclusively played by British people. Uh, Sound of Metal, Riz Ahmed is a British citizen, <laughs> not American. And this was just something I was just like watching this last night. And I think, again, I think Daniel Kaluuya is incredible. Um, uh-huh. as Fred Hampton. <laughs> but I was watching and I was like, are there no American actors yeah. who are good anymore? Sasha Why? Baron Cohen, not 
such not I mean, even a little the, bit. The uh, other, the rest of the whole cast of Child of Chicago Seven. I don't think any of them are really Americans. Uh, I mean, that Eddie Redmayne is, is not is is British. Shelby <laughs> Cohen, uh, Mark Rylance is British. Um, I think, but like, it, it's just fascinating. It's it's just something that like occurred to me last night. And again, it's not like something I carry a lot of pride in Americans actors or like need that, but it is just weird, especially in a year that we have seen so many sort of iconic, important Americans being portrayed, you know, all the way from Fred Hampton to like lower end terms of like Mank, who was like someone who was obviously very important in a sort of the history of film in this country. And it's just like, why are there just no American actors who are good anymore? Like what? This would not bother me if American actors were also making it big in Britain, if it was a cultural exchange, that'd be one thing, <laughs> but our British accents never fool them. And I feel like so right. we, have a, we have definitely a trade imbalance with the UK for acting. Yeah. It's just very, um, it's a very odd thing I thought about last night. And point. I just, yeah. like, yeah. what, why um, isn't Anthony so Hopkins n- playing an American guy in the father too? I don't know. It's just, it's so weird. none of us saw the father, right? That is that right? Yeah. No. Okay, no, so, I didn't see it. So we're no. sitting out the father for this discussion, and then the other we've we already talk talked a little about bit about promising young woman. Yeah, you've uh, mentioned kind of it before a, a little bit, hundred. But yeah, give me a little bit deeper in this because that's the one I'm going to watch tonight, probably. Yeah, but I'm, I, I also thought this movie was you know really well made. I, the cast is very very good. I don't necessarily I think I, Hunter is right that it like in any other year I I think this might have gotten like a best screenplay nomination, but I don't mm. see it being like a best picture or like I, I don't think Carrie Mulligan really has a chance at best actress even though she is very good in it this just isn't kind of the normal kind of Oscar you know film. yeah it's it's I, like it's a genre flick yeah, well, like really I also, I also even one can, take though that was if it weren't for the pandemic that's the one that would probably be like a real darling uh indie darling everyone would have seen it like yeah, it would have yeah, been I really popular. So I totally agree with that this movie would have been a smash hit without yeah. COVID yeah but yeah. I don't think it is like even compared, like the closest sort of genre film at the Oscars was like Get Out, right? Winning Best Screenplay. It's like, right, I think right. Get Out is a better movie that has a lot more going for it um, mm-hmm. and does kind of have more of a cultural zeitgeisty thing. And I, I think, you know, Promising Young Women had COVID not happened, certainly would have been a big talked about movie. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think it is like the type of thing that I like. I'm so glad it is the, t- the type of movie that's going to get nominated because it's just going to get so many more eyes on it. It is one of those films that, like, being nominated is essentially the uh, better than winning the award in this case because so many people are going to get exposed to it who just wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really good. I uh, am I, this is kind of very begrudging, and I know Alex will definitely feel this way, but I'm kind of like really resigned to be like okay i guess bo burnham is like incredibly talented and like one of the <laughs> like the best <laughs> no, i feel the same way uh, i don't I know the exact same that. thing with bo yeah, burnham i mean i would not look i'm not gonna say that we all saw that coming i'm surprised yeah. also but i don't have anything against the kid i think yeah. he's done some great stuff yeah so do i i've always thought but i've always you know he was you know i thought he was like you know this kind of person i sort of knew about but in the last few years especially eighth grade the movie he wrote and directed i i really love that movie well, so i think so he Bill is Burnham was great. like one of the early youtube celebrities yes and mm-hmm. it seems like and he and he was very young 
And it seems like instead of letting that ruin him, he used that to do things he wanted to do that were good. And I, more power to you. I mean, a lot of his comedy did not hold up great uh, over the years, but he was 16 right. and it was 20, 15 years ago or whatever. Um, and he like put in the hustle after that to like be an amazing artist. Yeah. I have nothing against any of that. I just, I am, uh, I think he is really, really good in promising. I think the whole cast is really good, especially, I think, I don't want to call it stunt casting but i do think that promising young women woman is a is a movie that like uses its casting like a scalpel like mm. it is very very surgical and precise about casting very specific people you know like having the mc mclovin in there having uh, right. adam brody and adam like, brody yeah purposely playing which is also funny because i just my wife and I just finally got around to seeing Jennifer's Body, which is a movie that was like, you know, pretty widely kind of shit on when it came out, but has been uh, reevaluated over the past few years as being like a feminist iconic horror movie. And I thought that movie was fucking great. Jennifer's Body uh, really blew my hair back when I saw it a few weeks ago. Yeah. But Adam Brody's also in that playing a very similar, like playing on his nice guy, um, character that he plays in a lot of things and i think like uh this movie real promising young women really uses that i gotta say incredibly Anthony, well you know i look i i know that misspeaking is not a huge deal and i don't want to overemphasize the um freudian nature of what it what i say now. you want so you've said 40 times that it's promising young women there's only one woman promising that is promising. Young woman. there's only the one yeah. you keep wanting to make them all promising but it's just that one lady <laughs> um well Yes. Dude, this is a really interesting cast, too. Alison Brie is in it. Yes. That's and again, Alison Brie also, like, being cast to, like, play on um, the sort of tropes and characters that usually plays. Connie Britton is somebody who is, like, you know, most famously associated as being, you know, Mrs. Taylor from Friday Night Lights and plays a mm -hmm. very similar character in this. And it's, like, using her past performance. Like, you don't need to know this. Like, you don't need to know... McLovin, you don't need to know Adam Brody from like the OC or anything, but having that context really enhances, I think, the experience of watching this movie in a fascinating yeah. way. It's one of my favorite things about it is the way the movie uses all these different uh, great casting to enhance its like central theme and stuff like that. It's, Hunter, it's genius. Hunter, what else are we missing on that movie? Uh, I don't think, I, I mean, honestly, just talking about it right now makes me feel like I think I enjoyed it more than any of these other movies, to be honest. I mean, yeah. like, I, I, I stand by what I said, like, Promising Young Woman is not the type of movie to ever win Best Picture. But if it was, you know, the 93rd Hunter Donaldson Awards, and these <laughs> were my nominees, uh -huh. I'd probably pick, I liked it the best. It's a good movie. Well, that's it's a dark that's it's, a perfect segue into what I want to do next, which is we're going to yeah. talk about our bold predictions. We're going to fill out our Oscar ballots. And I kind I didn't actually do this, but I, I wanted to fill out one with my gambling brain and one with my heart. Yeah. And so let's start with the best pictures. So you're saying um, if you were picking these best pictures with your heart and with the move or or even just the movie you enjoyed the most, which is, I think, the purest version of this award, you would give it yeah. to Promising Young Woman. I mean, to, to talk a little overall about the field, as far as my heart goes, I'm not super impressed with anything. Um, I, I felt I felt like everything had some problems, and I felt like Minari was the one. It would really just be between Minari and Promising Young Woman for my heart. But Minari is like 
I think just merely very inoffensive and and cool or not cool i guess cool is actually the opposite word i want to use it's just good yeah um and i can't see how anyone would ever dislike it it's that type of movie but promising young woman is kind of weird like there are moments Mm. that like are uh surprising uh shocking there's very good i had forgotten about uh allison brie until you just brought her up her scenes are really good like there's a lot of really good acting in it for a movie that is, uh, I would say, a very dark... Co- to me, it reminded me a lot of uh, Heather's as yes. far as the tone mm. of it. It's like, it goes to some real real dark places, but has like this like kind of comedic attitude about it at the same time. And then also is still not afraid to get sober and dark and serious at the same time. It's, well, it's I, nuts. Speaking of that, I mean, like... Uh- I didn't even mention my favorite performance in that movie, which is Alfred Molina in a very small role. Oh, right. Yeah. Gives one of Alfred the, Molina? one of the best perform like small five minutes in and out performances, uh, oh. of just like one of the most tragic, sad people I have ever seen. Um, um but yeah, I yeah. definitely think that promising young woman is like women. It, uh, woman is <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I, I, got me in my head. I only women. pointed yeah. out when it's women. a fun, slip. but it is like, uh, I, I definitely think that it is like the, of all the big movies, uh, uh, not, it's the most sort of enjoyable to watch. Like it's meant to be a crowd pleaser. It, yeah. it is the type of movie that I really wish I had seen it in a packed feed. Right. I think that would have been oh, yeah. so yeah. much fun rather than seeing it on my couch. It, and it is like compared to a lot of these other movies, uh, which are very heavy and, you know, especially like something like Judas and the Black Messiah, Child of Chicago 7, which is so much of just watching like black trauma happen on screen, mm-hmm. which is something that is like very, you know, it was like important to be seen, but it's also like it's seen so often and it's just so like exhausting to, you know, see that on the news every day yeah. and then see a movie. Like you don't unwind and watch Judas as the Black Messiah, right? You don't like right. walk away feeling good <laughs> while this movie, Promising Young Woman, I do think is like that movie. Like when it was over, it was like, that was really fun. I really loved yeah. how kind of surprising the, the ending though, I was. I don't want to make it sound like like it's one has trauma in it and the other doesn't. Promising Young no, Woman yeah. has a lot, <laughs> is dealing with trauma in like a really a dark darkly comic way so yeah so we've got some heart votes then where do you so i have your oh actually let me just say this right now so i have your responses to our 2020 oscar poll 2021 which do they call it because the movies are all 2020 but it's It's happening in 2021 the the 93rd academy awards the 93rd academy awards betting pool so we have our responses locked in and this is the big announcement uh to the world which is that i am going to by now you may have seen it already i will tweet and put this on facebook the google form to fill out to enter our oscars pool for the 93rd oscars so we are each going to take uh we've each taken a swing at it and i would love anyone at home who's interested to take a swing at this put some guesses in if you haven't seen everything but fill out your oscar betting pool and the listener or listeners with the best score this year the top of the pool will get to choose a topic for an episode so that's the that's the biggest thing we can give away that costs us no money is our time so we are going (laughs) to gamble on that and then we should probably have a prize between the three of us right should that be i mean mostly the premise of the show is we already choose things for each other to watch so that's hard to make just the bet but what do you think 
Well, I think we should have the um, the podcast winner and then the crowd winner both get to pick separate things. We okay, can kind of yeah, pull them up on an episode good. or do two separate episodes. But, but to be clear, longer, yeah. whatever you guys want me to watch, I probably watch for the show anyway. But yes, let's yeah. gamble with that. That'll be perfect. Um, yeah, and just to pit, pit this out there, uh, we are going to pit a time limit of, let's say, three hours. Uh, I don't want someone oh, yeah, to yeah. come in and be like, you have to, oh, I won, so now you have to watch all about Bosch. You know, yeah, like, I don't, that's I mean, I, I'm not watching Bosch, and I would be interested in it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so yes, the standard sponsorship rules apply. We'll negotiate when you have your, uh, when you've won. But um, even if you've sponsored before, whether you're me, buddy or not, uh, anybody's eligible to enter, so I'll post this, fill it out, and uh, I will tabulate the winner afterwards. So with that in mind, so we've heard a little bit about where your hearts are, um, I am looking at the scorecard right now. So our responses for this are two votes for Best Picture, two votes for Nomadland, one vote for Mank. So, um, Anthony, you're a uh, you're in the Nomadland camp, mm-hmm. I believe. What is your re- feeling here? Well, yeah. So if it was for like by the heart, I probably would actually go for Judas and the Black Messiah in terms of the movie. I think should win, but I think No Man Land just by sort of calculating all the other big wins that have happened already. No Man Land has been sweeping most of the other awards. Right. Uh, I think it is a movie that is you know it, it's 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 topical without being too like heavy handed. It's like a unique subject matter. It's got uh, an a director the academy loves it's got an actress the academy loves yeah uh i just think that no man land is one of like there are two categories i feel pretty confident in uh and no man land winning best picture would probably make it three uh in terms mm. of this is the one i'm pretty confident will uh, all right hunter so make the, the case now that it's going to be mank instead well, so I was just like thinking, like, what is the one that would be most boring to me, and then yes. I picked that one. <laughs> so I picked I picked Mank because I was thinking, like, which of these would I most go? Yeah, when it was announced, and that would be Mank. So way. I picked Mank as the that's most a perfect reason. Disappointing. I so I had been I've said on the show before my one of my first gut reactions to this list is that it's got to be Mank because Mank is up Hollywood's ass, and they love picking that. But, and it got it got nominated a lot overall, which is not always a good sign. I mean, Joker mm-hmm. got like nominations out the wazoo, and then only one. Best yeah, actor I also, I, yeah, I wonder if that could backfire because you're like, oh, I can give this something else. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, my thought on my the reason I finally ended up on Nomadland instead of Mank was because as much as they like being up their own ass, I also feel like the year is so weird. And one of the weird things about it is that we've all we're not living in vans and pooping in buckets, but we're close. So yeah. I felt like Nomadland was the most pandemic movie. And yeah, so I mean, I it is that... a movie about found community and isolation, right? Like it yes. is yes. absolutely, I think, a struck a chord with uh, the year in a way that, you know, none of the other movies necessarily have. Plus, I just feel like, you know, the uh, Oscar voters more and more funded by Amazon. So they right. have to do the pro Amazon movie. I think uh, y'all are being a little too smart with it. That's the problem. You well, no, I love with... your reasoning. And actually, I'm only smart about a couple of these things. A lot of them I have really stupid answers. But well, uh, that is also, interesting by start. the way, I do have to say you would be more annoyed at Mank winning than something like Trial of Chicago 7. Like to me, Trial I just don't Chicago think that's possible. Would. Right, right. So you're so I, you're you're doing the most grumbly movie within your realm of possibilities. With, within yeah, within the like the 
three that I think are actually possible choices, I think Mank would be the most grumbly one. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that Child of Chicago 7 just has such a, uh, the type of thing that uh, Oscar voters would feel is important, even though it's not. Uh, right. And also has like, you got to remember, like, yeah, Parasite won last year, but the year before that, fucking Green Book walked away right, right, in this right. picture. Yep. You know what I mean? So like, is this Oscars year more are, like last year or more like 2018? Yeah, it's, yeah, maybe you, maybe you are right. Maybe I should have picked Trial of Chicago Seven because that would be the most grumbly. Obnoxious, and if I'm yeah. going to pre- predict an upset to that extent, it should be all the way instead of half. I mean, Make is like merely the one that would make me grumble out of the like three that I think it really actually could be. Right. But. Right. All right. So let's move on to best director. One hundred percent of the votes go to Chloe Zhao for yeah. Nomadland. So we were all in agreement on that. That she seems the best the fuck option out here. of that movie, man. She, she did. Uh, I mean, it's such a yeah. I feel like it's such a well-directed movie, and it's the only one where the it's not. I mean, it's basically a documentary that they pretended was a movie, and that relied on a lot of work from the directing. So that feels like yeah. for me. Well, it is like so with the main categories. This isn't uh, so much of a thing, but especially with a lot of uh, the sort of the more you know set design and stuff. There's this old joke that the Oscars are not the best. It's just the most. Insert oh yeah, yeah that's a great like, way to say it. Whatever film is the most directed, whatever set movie has the right, most yeah, hair and right. makeup, the right. most costumes, like that's why. Well, like, that that actually, I like that. That's going to help me with one of my other picks later. Yeah, like Emma, a movie I really truly hated, uh, but has so much costumes and right hair right. and makeup that like I had to. Get I didn't it see that, you know? Emma, but that was also my get when I was poking around and just googling stuff. I was like, this looks like it's got a lot of hair and makeup. I should have thought was... about my ballot more. I'm realizing. Yeah. I think Emma. I, I think I should have done that. Yeah. Hunter, I, I I'd like to remind you just how low the stakes are. Um, <laughs> well, also, I do want to put in mind like we, so people like me and my wife, kind of real Oscar nerds and stuff like mm-hmm. this. We put more time into thinking about our ballots than the people actually voting in the <laughs> Academy Awards. That's a good point. Time into thinking in their ballots, right? So there is this. This kind of, you know, odd paradox there. I'm interested in this. And also, obviously, um, once she's a little bit less busy with work, I am expecting your wife to participate in this pool. And I would love to watch whatever she makes us watch. Um, All right. So that's the director. uh, Best actor in a leading role. Uh, We had one vote for Riz Ahmed and two for Chadwick Boseman. Um, So I'll have you guys do this the same thing again. Anthony, make the case for Chadwick Boseman. Well, I just I think it's a lock. I think this is the one uh, acting award that I am a hundred percent positive. I have not had a chance to actually see the film yet. I really want to. It's just been hard to uh, find it streaming anywhere. Uh, But I think you know, with the absolutely tragic and heartbreaking passing of Chadwick Boseman, him having this movie that is widely being considered one of his best performances in a very short career filled with incredible performances. Um, I think I that there is... just streaming is on Netflix, just... by the way. Oh, well, I will definitely have to get around to watching that. Uh, yeah. But, like, I think between this, Five to Bloods, which was he's also very, very good in, but wasn't nominated for, I right. think that between these two performances, you know, the sort of the tragedy and circumstances surrounding his death, I, I think it is a absolute lock that Chadwick I... Boseman... Yeah, uh, my... My thought process was that, but shorter, which was just like tragic. That's enough. Yep. 
he has right. passed. That's enough that it would feel like it's not. It's about I th- this. This might. I don't even know this movie. I, I would love to watch this movie now that I just looked it up and saw that it's about blues singer in 1920s Chicago. It sounds yes. so interesting. But this might just be a we like yeah we miss you Chadwick that's good enough and I I feel like plenty of people vote for that and it would be hard yeah, it would hard to uh, imagine anyone being furious even if other performances were better I thought Riz was and, incredible yeah but like Riz is gonna have a lot more chances right this right, right, exactly. Chadwick, this will this is going to not just be for this performance this is an Oscar for his entire career that they're yeah, going exactly. to be giving him this year but yeah this right. is the, the like I said, the one category Chloe's director is also I feel very very confident in. But yeah, Chadwick Boseman winning Best Actor. I, I all think right. So Hunter, cool. make the case for Riz. Well, how can I make the case for Riz? Are you serious? <laughs> what, how am I gonna? What do, what do you want me to You're say? Right. You're right. I just picked. I I just for that one. I just you know I knew I know too. I I looked up some of the other awards and yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of voted my heart based off what I saw. And I think Riz is deserving of it, but so unlikely to get it. Because think about, like, for some reason, if Chadwick Boseman did not get it, he'd have to also get past Scary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins for it as well. So there's literally no way. So I'm just putting some positive energy out there towards Riz. But that point you just made, honestly, about Riz getting more chances in the future. If you had told me that beforehand, I would (laughs) have... That would have really compelled um, me I yeah. to vote differently. But also, I think that there is, I think that Riz, if anything, I think if Chadwick, you know, wasn't in this category or had not passed away, I think I would actually give Riz probably a very good chance because, again, getting into that nerdy Oscar politics, Gary Oldman won for Darkest Dower, what, three years ago, four years ago? Uh, Anthony Hopkins has two or three Academy Awards. Uh, yeah, they're boring also, picks. They're boring picks. Yeah, there's also like that sort of element to the Oscars. You always have to keep in mind too that they it is a very political. Well, we literally just gave him an Oscar a few years ago. We're not well, going to give him another one, no matter how good he is. You know, so that's why the I other feel- one on the list we're not even mentioned is Stephen Stephen Yeun um, yes. from Minari, and he would actually be my. I like him a lot in that pick. movie, but it's hard because I feel like other people in that movie outacted him. So yeah. he's only he's he's not the best in the movie. He's just the best leading role in that movie. So that feels weird. Whereas like um, some of the other ones, it feels less like they got outacted, uh, even though they were the top billing. So I love Steven well, Young. I think he's amazing. But I just I, I want to see Grandma win so bad. I do want to um, say for Steven Yeun, I was thinking about this last night into the whole American things. He is at least an American playing an American. <laughs> Damn it. That's true. Uh, and that is something, again, we just do not have this year. USA, uh, USA. So. The, I was kind of tempted to fill out, maybe I will do this, is I'll fill out my worst case scenario ballot, which is the things that would make me the maddest. And for me, it would be Gary Oldman because he is too old for that role. He's not and 30. He, he just got one. Like it, it's just he yeah, has. That would be annoying. He's got plenty of awards. All What's right. The so then the next category? one, uh, actress in a leading role. We are uh, again unanimous. Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Mm-hmm. See, but what's we, we kind of just made a good case for? Didn't Frances McDormand just win yes, for, for three billboards? Three yeah. billboards. Oh like, right, she did. But this movie's better than three billboards. Yes. Yeah, that's the sad thing. So this <laughs> is an oopsie doodle. They're making up for yeah. it. 
Can they take? Can they go back and take away her Oscar for I three think they billboards? Should. Yeah, it, it's a trade in. They're like, we'll give you this Oscar if you have uh, a 2018 or earlier Oscar to trade in for it. <laughs> uh, it's like getting a new iPhone. I think that's a great idea. Um, I think it's just that. I mean, I didn't see um, Vanessa Kirby, Andrew Day, or Viola Davis's performances. So no, that's interesting I, that the the leading actress roles are all are more of them are in movies that are not best pictures, which is also interesting. This is a like a common argument in sports about the MVP award and whether you can be the most valuable player on a team that sucks. And mm. I always prefer the worse the movie is. If you are just average, that I feel like is actually a bigger acting job. So not that any of these are bad movies, but I do think this is we're going to talk more about other awards we'd like to see. And one award I've always wanted to see is best best performance in a crap movie, like best <laughs> best save attempt on a crap crap movie. Uh, so best commitment. Best yeah, yeah. performance. I love it. I think that'd be very fun. But anyway, so these the fact that these are not best pictures actually kind of makes their performances more interesting. But yeah, we we do think that Francis is going to win another Oscar. Um, we're let's move a little. Now we're going to get into some some. We got a couple more big ones, then we'll get into some smaller ones, and we'll move a little faster. Um, but uh, supporting actor, uh, Hunter, you are once again. It's weird. I feel weird that I'm on Anthony's side on so many of these. Mm-hmm. But Hunter, why don't we start out with you? Tell me about. Well, I used Baron a different Cohen. logic from each. Like I, I know. just like my that moods were so changing. Fun. So tell me about your logic for tri- for Chicago for Sarah, Sasha Baron Cohen from Chicago Seven. I just know. So I picked yeah Sasha Baron Cohen because I because it's the mo the thing that would annoy me the most. Right. So you you're doing my worst happen. case scenario ballot. You're just doing that already. This is Hunter's pessimistic ballot. I just think that they will do it because it will annoy me, and I feel like you know, like if it was up to me, uh, probably. Actually, probably that guy Paul, Paul, uh, Paul Racy from yeah. The Sound of as far as what I saw, because I did not see uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Although I bet if I did, it would probably just just guessing I would probably. So lean. I guessed I guessed Daniel from Judas and the Black Messiah as well, which I did not see. But I love the choice of Paul from Sound of Metal because he is in this movie like almost. It almost reminded me of Nomadland, where I was like, sure, he was just that guy. I right. was sure just he some guy, yeah. works in that facility and he mm-hmm. found that facility because he is so that guy. It's incredible. He's really, he's really, really quite good. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, but I was um, just feel, my, my before Anthony, before you tell wait. us the correct logic, my logic was <laughs> I just felt like Judas and the Black Messiah had not gotten enough votes in my top ballot so far. And so this was my like, I can feel that. I could feel that, that it might be one of the performances we need to see. And well, I've heard I, that it's great. It is great. As again, so the movie is very, very fresh in my mind, and I thought he is—he's phenomenal. He is someone who has also been doing a lot of great work the past few years. Um, so I think those kind of things add up. I actually do think, like I—I I really do hope Daniel Kluwer wins uh, for best supporting actor because I think he is playing a a great, great performance in that movie especially like the scenes when he's giving uh like these big speeches that fred hampton was known to give and it's just it's really powerful stuff and he is and, so yeah. and he's also dedicated great. i like him a lot yeah. yeah i i do actually want to say that there is i think he probably won't win but i do think that there is a good argument to make for sasha barrett cohen which actually i think is funny because mm-hmm. the thing you complained about gary oldman is like 
Abby Hoffman was tw- in his late twenties doing the trial of Chicago Seven, and Sasha oh, Baron Cohen is like in his mid fifties. Uh, so, so, so it's also be, the only okay. So I yeah, that's a great complaint. The only reason I felt that more with Mank than with this is because he specifically said out loud, "I'm 35." Yeah, he called uh, attention to it. Yeah. He made that line not work if, at if, all. If that Sasha Baron Cohen had to say the line, "I'm in my late 20s," I would be just as mad at his performance. Yeah. You'd think he would have gotten like a note on set that day where they'd been like, "Well, no, just, like we need to change that yeah, line." Just don't like, say just, that. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, I do think that there is a case to be made that Sasha Baron Cohen has been someone who has been a uh, a, a true, unique, steady workhorse for going on like a decade plus at this point. Someone who has done like consistently really good uh, performances in a lot of prestige movies while doing his kind of weird, crazy stuff on the yeah. side. He is such right. a unique performer. Well- and I think yeah, that's that's a good yeah, point. and I I get it. It's sort of like we're maybe maybe we're not going to give Borat uh, uh, an award, but he'll get an acting award for this thing, like yeah. an overall award. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. we, wanted, we wanted yeah. to tell him good job for Borat, even though yeah, we don't actually be, want to award the movie. Yeah, a career award, and you know, so much again, it kind of gets like the weird Oscar stuff. Like, what's so frustrating about the Oscars is so many, um, especially in the acting win category, so actors winning for when they lost five, ten years ago, right? Like Denzel Washington winning for uh, Training Day because he didn't win for Malcolm X. Al Pacino winning for Scent of a Woman because he didn't win for his other stuff, right? There's like, the Hollywood does this a lot. And I do think that Sasha Baron Cohen is at a point in his career where he's respected enough, everyone really likes him. Uh, He's done a huge, huge career of really unique, performances working with all the major directors essentially that it is like he does something like this like maybe he gets an award by what do i think he will i I don't but i think there is a good case i would rather see him win an award for acting for borat because in that movie like all these other actors got to act when everyone around them knew they were acting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Bor- he, Sasha Baron Cohen, he has to do acting in a situations where he might get shot if he breaks character, and that's way different. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's this all like that behind the scenes footage of like Borat having of Sasha Baron Cohen having to like hide in an ambulance and pretend he's right. not there because people were looking right. to kick his ass. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. This that is yeah. Like, I have a I have a good friend who worked on his show with him and was like he'll he'll sometimes have to stay in character for eight hours um yeah just with different people leading well, up this, to the interview it's just a crazy job he puts himself into yeah and especially when you think of like you know like todd phillips the twisted mind who brought us joker right like he was he was supposed to direct the first borat <laughs> He's this guy who pretends to be this like outsider artist and this intense guy but like he was hired to direct borat Directed like two days on it, got scared and quit. Right? He didn't. He was oh. so scared of getting beat up that. Oh, Todd to be Phillips fair, I I, I respect that. I would definitely not. I I do not like lying to people. I don't. Yeah. There's so many prank shows, and it's one yeah, of the few you, things in Hollywood I would probably say no to because it's but just you so. Also, ugh. you would never make a documentary about Gigi Allen and how he's a hero of yours, right? Like that's like the thing about like no, Sasha certainly Mary not. Cohen, Why would I make a documentary he, about someone I'm just hearing about for the first time? <laughs> He, like, you know, he pits his money where his mouth is and dedicates to these performances. So, like I said, I don't think he's going uh, to win. I truly do hope it's Daniel Kaluuya because I think he is phenomenal yeah. uh, in Judas yeah. and the Black Messiah. Uh, but I I do think there's an argument to be made there. 
Okay, so let's get to our last prestige Oscar, I think, uh, which is uh, actress in a supporting role. Um, Hunter, you have, again, it's two on one. I love your pick, um, even though I am absolutely in love with Yoo Jong-yoon from Minari. Um, I, she's one of my favorite people of the year. But Amanda Seyfried oh, yeah. Mank is a very yeah. strong choice because I feel like she held that movie together to some extent i there were things if if she had not been as terrific as she was that movie would not have worked for me i think i think there's also a really another another good case for a career win there of amanda siegfried has oh. been acting since she was a teenager you know just feel sad earlier. to give a lifetime achievement award yeah. to someone who's like still like 25 but right i think she's a bit <laughs> older than that but like Is she's she? been i mean she was in jennifer's body she's 35 yeah, I mean, like she's, yeah. well, but she's someone who has been doing consistent, incredible work for yeah. twenty on years now, uh, and I do, and I'm glad. Like, she, I mean, I think you can make the same case with Carrie Mulligan's also been doing incredible work for 10, 15 years, you know, yeah. um, and it's just never really been someone who's been honored. Uh, just, by yeah, just it, awards. it's just weird to see someone like Amanda, Amanda Seyfried where it's like well we're basically the same age and you're holding up better and much more talented than me <laughs> yeah um, I think to me it's between the two uh, yeah. and I I again I kind of stacked them up and was like alright so which one would I want and then which one actually this wouldn't wouldn't annoy me though this isn't like Sasha Baron Cohen right. at all um, but I also w- feel like it's my second choice so I was like, well, they're going to they're going to at least pick my second choice, you know. Well, this mm. is interesting because this is the one category where no matter who is picked, I will be disappointed and also thrilled because every one of these has like mm. really interest. I think probably the most disappointed I would be would be Glenn Close. Right. Yes. Um, Glenn Close. Partially because yes. I yeah, didn't yeah. see Hillbilly Elegy, but I still love Glenn Close. So it's like I wouldn't be that mad. I, I mean, same for the reason we we're just discussing with Borat, if it went to Maria Bakalova, um, yeah, you had to act when people could kill you. You had to act with Rudy Giuliani touching himself in the room. Like, that's an incredible acting job. Yeah, and I almost picked her just because, like, she was just, you know, she just came out of nowhere, and, yeah. and she is really, really great in that So movie. good. And then and then if Olivia Coleman wins, she might be drunk and give another one of the best speeches in that's television <laughs> history. So I can't I don't think she can win just because she won, so, you know, it wasn't but that I love her. I would watch every single thing Olivia Coleman does. So yeah, she's, I, she's the best. Yeah. I mean, actually, of these people, just as people, Olivia Coleman is my favorite. Well, of, I did really like, I really like, so I watched the Yu Young Yoon um, speech at the BAFTA Awards when she got it, where she was like, it's especially an honor because British from you guys, because British people are so snobby. It was like, <laughs> it was a hysterical speech. It was so cool. Um, yeah, I, I thought she she might just be one of the raddest humans also. So, yeah, And I, I love that character, and she just, just played the shit out of it. There is something about Glenn Close as a actress who, you know, obviously has a great body of work, but is in such a weird place with the Academy Awards, where it's like every four years, she gets nominated for an Academy Award in a movie that literally nobody has ever seen. Uh, so I, I just, it blows my mind that like every few, like did, did she win for the wife or was she nominated? But remember that movie when it was like, what if there was a wife, you know? Uh, and it's like, <laughs> Like who the fuck has seen these movies? Who has seen? Who saw who, Hillbilly Elegy? I don't know. It's I don't know, dude. Hillbilly Listen. Elegy like repels me away yeah. from it. Like I can't look at it at all. It even just the 
name of it is just like, I will not interact with this piece of media no matter what. It will so, make me sick. So we're not going to go through the rest of these 25 awards. There's too many. So I would like you each to pick, uh, to start at least one thing you'd like to talk about in the rest of these awards um, that you think you'd like to either make the case for or just discuss the award in general. Well, I, I um, right off the top of my head, I think um, the best original score is a really interesting category, especially because yeah. you got two Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross scores yeah. in there. Which one uh, will win? Yeah. I, I do hope that Soul wins for that one because I thought the music they did for that. I think I hope Soul wins for sound design too because uh, some of like the traveling between universes or realities or whatever, the sound design was phenomenal. But I, I think that both of those scores are Oscar worthy scores i'm just if anything scared that they're going to split their own vote uh oh, oh it, it is right they're yeah, both running is. on the trent reznor atticus ross ballot and so yeah like I, if, split if, it. if just one of them was in the category i would say it was a lock but because it's both right. they're both nominated it is like oh like i don't i don't know but i think i that, mean i would I would love it to be Soul. I especially I love John Batiste, and so seeing him involved in that would be so rad. And I mean, to the extent that it's like also you were saying the the thing the movie with the most of something, um, it's the most original score. It's a movie about musicians playing music, yeah. and I, I think that would be totally. Uh, I think that's a great award for John uh, and the and Trent and Atticus. Um, but you mentioned in their casually best sound, which I want to talk about also because you said it should go to Soul. And Hunter and I, I believe, both said Sound of Metal. Yeah, and dude. That's because you haven't seen Sound of Metal yet. Yeah, I haven't Anthony. seen Sound and of Metal. The thing yet, about so. Sound of Metal is it's a movie of it's got the most sound. It's the movie mm. And is, the sound is cool. It's cool sound. I don't want to even talk about it anymore because I don't want to spoil it for people, but the the way sound is you if I feel like this is what I, I will say. If 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 Sound of Metal does not win for best sound, it's a fake award. I there's no <laughs> yeah. I just then it then what it is picking is just incomprehensible to me. It's the only movie nominated that has sound in the name of the movie. Right. It's for it's a movie I, about This is one where I sound. voted my heart and I feel like they have to give it to me. Like I I I didn't I wasn't cynical about best sound. I feel like it needs to be it needs to be sound of metal just so that people know that, oh wow! If you do something really creative with sound, yeah. you win yeah. an Oscar. That's I, what it. That's yes. what. That's the hundred percent. And Anthony, I do. I do believe you will side as much. As, I liked it in Soul too, but I think when you watch it, I think you'll agree about it because it is just. I it's so, so cool. It's so yeah. cool, and uh, I mean, and I would love that. The technical awards are usually the ones that really kind of get it right. I think, like, it, yeah, it, I, I agree. Too. Yeah, like the sound design, they usually do give it because, especially. You know, like the way the Oscars work is you vote in your category for your specialty, except for best picture, right? So with acting and director, that gets very political. But when it's like only sound guys and girls are voting on best sound, right? These are all sound nerds. These are all people who like just want to see innovative, unique stuff. And that's why you usually do get that. I think that's totally true. I would be the best kind of awards for there, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think, and I think, I, I it would be I would I would be shocked if you could point to a sound person who watched Sound of Metal and wasn't into it, or wasn't at least like begrudgingly respecting it because it's so interesting. Um, 
What else do you want to call attention to on this list of awards? Hunter, do you have something else that jumps out at you? Um, cinematography is cool this year because there's not, I mean, I guess besides, I'm just looking, I, I'm not familiar with uh, Sean Bobbitt, but it looks like Sean Bobbitt has worked on a lot of stuff. Besides Sean Bobbitt, there's not really a legacy pick, like some, you know, old, old crusty cinematographer that's uh, been working on stuff forever. Like, I, as far cool. as I can tell, the cinematographer for Mank, uh, Eric uh, Messerschmitt, Messerschmitt. Uh, is quite new, pretty new. Looks like he's only worked in television. Oh, that's uh, cool. It, so and, it's, this is the young the young gun cinematography award yeah there's nobody like uh oh who was it last year for 1917 uh oh, uh, was, uh richard deacons yeah yeah, yeah uh, there's I nobody mean, like, like that that was the best career win the oscars have done i mean richard deacons is the best cinematographer i i'm glad that like this is a year roger that, like, deacons that's what it is roger deacons but uh, Emmanuel, I was like, there's something wrong here uh emmanuel lubinsky uh who is you know won mm-hmm. the Oscar for Best Cinematography, what, four, three, four years in a row? Um, like, that was, it definitely was getting pretty boring when it was, like, him winning every year, and then, you know, Roger Deakins winning, so I'm glad that, like, some fresh blood is getting in there. Um, um yeah, I, I just don't see, I mean, I guess, I, I, I guess, um, I didn't see Judas and the Black Messiah, so I don't know, maybe that could win for cinematography, but I don't think it'll be Trial of the Chicago 7, who's the other, like, um, kind of uh, established cinematographer. So I have a feeling it's going to be somebody somebody new. I think it'll go to Mank or, or Nomadland. Or, yeah, that's where I we mean, were. Again, Anthony I don't and I were both it. on Nomadland. And I know, I know very little about cinematography, but I did think Nomadland looked incredible all the time. And of the movies I've seen this year, it's the one that I was, I think, the most disappointed not to see in a theater i feel like you can never tell though with cinematography i feel like is a technical award that i get disappointed by sometimes because i feel like sometimes people get confused as to how like what it is and i feel like nomad land because they made choices that are kind of um that are really smart but possibly like they're not super bombastic choices like they were really smart about using handheld a lot having it feel at times like a documentary and then other times feeling like this like kind of airy like ambient uh, film with just like beautiful photography yeah um because of those choices i wonder if something a little more obviously uh chic like mank would win over it it's like yeah. hard to tell well, i so, think well nomadland is, is better but this like i think the cinematography award is like again i was really happy that roger deakins finally won uh an Oscar for his incredible career. Well, but, but, to be clear but, though, that was his second Oscar that he had gotten like in a row. So it wasn't really like, like it's like, is it, how many he, is he owed basically? Yeah. Thought, Cause he won for Blade Runner 2049 did, and then he, he won like again right away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but I think I, that any, but my, my thing is, I think that yeah. cinematography is a, uh, like I get, I'm, I'm happy for him, happy for Emmanuel Lubinsky, but I think that the two of them have almost kind of ruined the category, uh, especially because like 1917, The Revenant, Gravity, like all mm-hmm. these movies are almost like gimmicky in how they're shot, right? Like they almost right. like, there's so much cinematography in The Revenant, like right. these super long shots using all natural light. And it's like, it's cool, but so much of the Academy Awards cinematography wins the last 10 years have been these very big, showy, kind of gimmicky shot movies that I haven't been right. a huge fan of. 
Um, the last thing I want to add before we, we have to wrap, this is already a beastie episode and I have one more thing I want to do, but the last thing I want to add for my special category called attention to, I've mentioned this before, you guys didn't care, but I'm going to say it again. If I'm making my worst case scenario documentary feature, it's my octopus teacher winning. That's the, that would make me the maddest of anything on this list. I would, <laughs> I would rather green book win best picture again. <laughs> Then my octopus teacher win best octopus, and that's the only one I've seen. So I guarantee you, the other four are better, because my octopus teacher is just a a floating turd in the ocean, and I hate yeah, it so I've, much. I have heard it's more like a joke nomination than anything. I haven't seen it yet, so I I don't have any. Interest. I mean, you don't have to. It's the worst. All right, so we have uh we have one more conversation I want to have before we get out of here. So let's stick around for uh, the read it and weep bonus Oscars. All right, uh, last thing I want to do. Well, second to last, well, two things. Anyway, you'll get it. Um, I don't need to tell you. You're, you're still here. Um, so segment three, stay relevant. So Anthony, you mentioned this in our chat. Oscars are always fighting to stay relevant, especially after this year where we assume they're going to have historically low viewership. We have a bunch of options of what they can do to stay relevant um, that we can talk about. But the first thing I want to talk about, as previously mentioned, is categories they can add that would make the show interesting. Um, so that can help us stay relevant. There can be other things, but first let's talk about what other Oscars would you like to see? Um, I, what did I already mention? Oh yeah. Best save on a crap movie. I do think it's sort of like, like the most valuable player. It doesn't count if the movie's already great. It's easy to act in good conditions. So the best acting in the worst setup, I would be really but, interested. I, mean, in. I think in terms of like, awards that are actually sort of quantifiable that they need mm-hmm. to add uh, stunt work is I've been I've, I've been pulling that waving that flag for years we've talked about yeah. it before and yeah I, I, I want it so bad I, that, and that one would just be already obvious and great and I, like I don't see why anyone could be upset about that right yeah, I want like, I, honestly I want two for for this category I want I want uh like best stunt team overall but then also like sickest stunt like, oh yeah, I, I think sickest stunt, stunt would be a great subcategory. Like yeah. uh, MTV Movie Awards, like best kiss type <laughs> yes, awards yes. stuff, you know. Well, I, I think it makes sense for stunt work because, like, because yeah. what would it do? What it would do is it would make it so that every year the industry was like, "All right, so who's going to win best individual stunt?" So we just need to come up with the coolest stunt to right. do in a movie. Also, yeah. just as far because they when they do the thing with like best picture or best actor where they show the fifteen second clip. That would be the best 15-second clip montage. Dude, Dude the well, sickest I mean, stunt montage would rule. It just shows all the stunts at once. Oh, my God, yes. That is, it's the only... Uh, the thing I love about that category is it could be that... If they had a category for sickest stunt, you could foreseeably get a year in which Tom Cruise was nominated for Oscars <laughs> in one category. <laughs> you know, he'd, he'd be nominated for flying the helicopter in Mission Impossible yeah. Fallout. Right. The bathroom yeah. fight, Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> and the Halo jump, Mission Impossible Fallout. He, uh, he, just, he would yeah. be the he would be the Trent Reznor of the Oscar of the, right. uh, uh, the action Oscars. Yeah. Um <laughs> I I do think, you know, a lot of other award shows, especially like the BAFTAs, uh do something like this, but I think Ensemble would be a very cool award for them oh, to yeah. add. Yeah, SAG um, does that, right? That's that's yeah. their kind of equivalent of best picture is best cat, best ensemble because they're an acting group. Yeah, but I think best ensemble would be a really cool um, 
you know, use of you know, I like that too. Like yeah, that. yeah, group acting skills. Um, I would also like to see best best hiding of a secret financial interest. So, like, <laughs> best use of a random scene in China, best scene shot in an Amazon warehouse that makes it look fun to work there. Like, what, whatever you had to do to get funding, you had best inclusion of somebody's cousin in the movie who you had to put in to get their money. Whatever you had to do to hide your or to satisfy your financing in the movie, and you made it work. That's the award. Yeah. Um, I think for the sake of improve, like, I, I, I'm, like, thinking of these as, like, as a way to just influence the industry, mm-hmm. like best mocap would be a cool uh, uh, category yeah, for me. Yeah, I was so wondering, that- so that you're taking this more seriously than me. Um, I was wondering about with with visual effects. I mean, I don't, the Oscars is already too long and I don't want to add too many things, but sure, I do yeah, wonder yeah. with visual effects if there should be best visual effects done by 70 people in front of computers and best practical effects. And then this is kind of a third branch of that. That's got both like, well, this would be cool because you could do, you could nominate the actor and so they could be the star or whatever. And kind of, you could elevate it. It could probably make it into the show, Mm -hmm. but also attach the team. You know what I mean? Like uh, Andy circus and, all the nerds that help make it happen but when whoever accepts the award has to wear their unitard covered in ping pong balls that's what i want okay see there there you go go. you're already doing the the bits for the show i love oh man i love the preview where they're showing little clips and this one it's like on the left is somebody pretending to be a dog up on hand stilts covered in ping pong balls and on the right (laughs) you see the tall dog or whatever i love it well i i think that there is some like uh, best visual effects and best special effects would be pretty cool to actually split out the categories like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that like best sort of like, I, I'm always surprised that like sort of like best sort of like marketing or like poster design isn't something that's kind of honored in the Oscars because it adds so much of like the cultural. Oh, that's an interesting of movies, yeah. especially because I think like, poster work used to be something that was so iconic about movies and now all movie posters basically suck they're just like shitty photoshop jobs well they used to wait write. so then what do college Custom kids have on their paintings. walls um just the paintings from the old movie posters no one has oh, okay. m- new movie posters right but like the thing the hand-painted thing poster is going to be awesome forever the indie classic indiana jones painted posters are going to be awesome forever you know so here's a question, just to reach out to the zillennials out there: Is do, are people still putting Pulp Fiction and the what is it, the Rolling Stones covers on naked women's backs? Are they still doing the same That's posters? Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd, sorry, the, the Pink Floyd, Floyd covers on naked ladies. Is that still happening? Not that I have that poster or anything, but <laughs> but yeah, uh, college dorm rooms are always going to be like that i mean hey i wonder if they're doing that when you're doing zoom college right now. If that's your digital background, is Pink Floyd well, covers on butts? One of my favorite. Uh, takedowns from last year was that Joker is what happens when you design a movie to be a poster in a college dorm room. Uh, <laughs> oh, which is exactly what that movie is. It was made solely to be a poster in a guy's room. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Um, I, I, so one other thing, I, if we're splitting off awards, I would be interested in Best Picture somehow splitting to Best Best Picture Snob and Best Picture Normal People. I do, I because I do want to. I'm curious about what the best thing that people actually saw was. 
Yeah, I mean, they've been talking about that for a long time, right? The idea of, like, a best populist f- film, right? Like, yeah. the film that the, is... And, and like, I didn't think of one... So I was doing it where on the side of the populist, where I was saying the other one is best snob movie, and then best normal movie. But you, you're... Uh, like, the way I always hear it is it's, like, best picture, and best picture for the disgusting, dirty people. Um, <laughs> and so I would love it if it was... Uh, but either way, I would still be into it. Just, like, best movie normal, I would be super into yeah, yeah right? I, what, what what do you use to decide like that's what i've always been curious about is like how like best popular like do they no, look like because they easy. can't super easy like I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll just let me just allow me to solve this for you hunter yeah you just it, take the bet the top eight grossing films of the year and then apply all your normal snobness to it so no matter which one you pick you're still in the blockbuster category and mm-hmm. we know people saw it and then you just right. make a normal actually like what's the best of these things people saw Right. So it'd be like best film, but it made over a hundred, you know. Yeah, yeah. Best, best film like, mega budget. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, I, I don't even think you need the you need to just make it so that the studios or who's ever releasing the movies gets to say, I think this is the snob award. Well, that's this true, right? Of course. All these are be, all like, these you get to choose what you're nominated you get to enter for. So yeah, yeah you could enter so, for populist or you could enter for snob. I just movie. okay, here's the other thing though about this. What is the point? of that like because there's a point to best picture by opinion because like let's say nomadland wins best picture nomadland's probably gonna make more money than it would have made so that's true it hadn't like like, if you watch the grammys the grammys are picking a best album and you've always heard of the album yes people who listen to a lot of music know who's nominated in those categories it's if it was like every year album of the year went to a jazz record that eight people heard that would feel weird it, yeah, I, it would certainly help the sales of that jazz record but it's like i, I and also like, i would like the grammys if they did that okay for, well, for sure well here's here's i think i think that there's a few reasons to do that right so and like completely serious, like actual, I think everyone wins if we do I something was completely like serious this. Too, for but a, sure. a few reasons to do this, right? So one, it sort of solves the biggest problem, which is why don't people watch the Oscars or really care about it? It's because people don't have any investment in terms right. of the films that are winning, right? So never this, seen anything. Yeah, this adds that, but I do think the actual important reason why something like this would be a good idea is it would make filmmakers strive for big populist entertainment to be better, right? I think that there is something, there's a reason why, like someone like James Cameron, like like him or love him, right? But he makes these huge populist blockbusters <laughs> that, that get... That, there's a third option, Anthony, like, which is like, not care for him. No, everyone you loves should him, like right? him or love him. Love That's him. the worst like, you can imagine yeah, I somebody him. liking he's, him. He's an yeah. A-minus a or A-plus, yeah. okay? <laughs> love him or hate him, whatever. Like, but he makes big populist blockbusters that get nominated for a huge amount of Academy Awards, win a lot of them, and you get stuff like the fact that something like Sigourney Weaver and Aliens got nominated for Best Lead Actress, which is something you just never... See, you never see a lead of an action movie get nominated for best actor or actress, right? And I think that if you had more directors shooting for that kind of stuff, because they just don't care, they don't try, they know I'm making a big, dumb, populist movie, and the standards have gotten so low for that that people don't even attempt. There are so few filmmakers attempting to make real four quadrant movies that actually like we- could get awards, and anything that incentivized that, I think, would be good, you know. Yeah. I'm with that. I think the only way to fix it is to, for for a big big movie to bomb. I don't think that the award 
like there being a new award category will make them all listen because they're motivated by money. And if there's no, if, if, if there's an award that doesn't actually translate to making any real difference, then what is the point in a capitalist way? I feel like, and I feel like currently there is a point to these awards, but if there's, you know, if it's like Disney's, you know, if the new Spider-Man is winning best picture for people, it, I don't think it really makes much of a difference. Well, so know. it's so yeah. So the the difference is not to the filmmakers. The difference is to the ceremony. And I guess mm-hmm. yeah. I guess do I have to care if ABC makes a ton of money on marketing or on on ads for their during their Oscars broadcast? Yeah, that's fair. Um, but but I don't mind. Gi- you know, give a crumb to the dirty people. So that we can have more people watching and learning about that other movie. That's that's I found it. Here it is, Hunter. It's a bank shot, but it's you put you put Spider Man in the top in one of the big categories. More people watch the Oscars, hear about the actually good movie that wins Best Picture, and then go see it. Well, I mean, okay. No, you sold me. You sold me. The thing is, like, this is the conversation the Oscars had, right? When the like when the Dark Knight happened, and like it didn't get nominated for Best Picture, and people were all you know whatever about it. And that was the year in which they went from five nominations to ten because they wanted to start including the Dark Knights of the World. But the thing is, we just like, we don't get a movie like that every year. Yeah, no. (laughs) And it's like, I think it would be cool if we got more, you know, Mad Max Fury Road stuff that is like legitimately. Yeah. Could oh, win I want that too. I want that too. We, we we want the same thing. We're just I, I'm just not as sold that this is the the way to get it, kind of. Or well, that so this we is... want the same thing about more Mad Max Fury Roads. It's not sure we want the same thing about the Oscars getting better ratings. And I yeah. can see why you wouldn't care that much. I can see why you're yeah. not that invested. And in it. it's like I I think the biggest problem with the Oscars getting, which by the way I. I was looking up the actual numbers for the Oscars the past few, past 20 years. And it's like, yes, it has decreased from like, uh, you know, in the 2001, the Oscars were like 42 million viewers. Last year, the Oscar had 23 million, which is like a sizable drop. But I would argue, doesn't 23 million for a show that is like roughly the length of WrestleMania on ABC in a world in which people don't watch TV anymore, isn't that still really good? Like this yeah. panic about like yeah. no one's gonna, no one's watching the Oscars and it's dropping every year, and it's like eventually it's going to hit a floor, right? It's not like it's going to continue dropping like this every year to the point in ten years when it's just the three of us and my wife who watch the Oscars, right? Like <laughs> right, right. that's never going to happen. Doesn't right, twenty three right. million seem like? a pretty good number for a you know internet i mean i don't i mean that's a great point i have no idea i don't know how any of that works i would love it if 23 million people saw something i did yeah what the oscars should do i think getting rid of the host was a great idea i think they need to cut down time on this show wait wait, you think it's a great idea that they got rid of the host i think it's worked out really well the last two years i think it's been i think it's a lie I think they didn't. They just said they got rid of the host, and then there's a voiceover, and I don't know who it is that's doing the work of hosting. So yeah, but all they did is they got rid of our visual ability to see the host and no, replaced it with let, someone they could pay no, nothing, and that feels weird. No, let me tell you what they got rid of. What they got rid of was the chance for you know Billy Crystal to show up in blackface in the first five minutes. They got rid of the chance of like Seth MacFarlane. Remember when he hosted and he opened with the long song about who in the audience boobs he's seen? Yeah. yeah. You know, like that wow. kind of just 
Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, because they hired bullshit. they they and hired Seth MacFarlane. I don't know how you didn't they, see that coming. They still, I mean, like I thought, like <laughs> this is kind of on you, Anthony. Yeah. No, I thought last year the like um, I think they need to like cut down. But I'm, what I'm saying is to make the Oscars better, it needs to be shorter. It needs to have less terrible sketches. It needs to give out more awards. Well, yeah. So I think I, so. I, what I'm saying is, first of all, I just I like. I like a person in the MC position getting paid. I think that MCs should be paid instead of being secret voiceovers. And the um, MC, the the voiceover guy is getting paid, Alex. Don't well, worry. I'm sure, but, it's no, just but not like a this, celebrity is a, this is that... a job for people like me. So I'm sticking up for hosts everywhere. I agree, <laughs> though, that they should not be allowed to do sketches because they suck. So just yeah. having an a live MC who someone is like charming, keeps things moving, you know, like like just a classic game show host kind of vibe, and then every once in a while maybe has a zinger is great. I yeah, did but- like when Jimmy Kimmel brought in a bus full of tourists who did not know they were at the Oscars. That was kind of fun. Yeah, I thought like I forgot. I just think of like horrible. Like last year when the um they were making fun of cats for the special effects award thing, and they were like making fun of like the the effects not being finished while like all the people who worked on the effects were recently laid off and all this horrible yeah, stuff around that. That was cool. That was like just <laughs> so, I, so I agree. Oscars need this is like also against cause. Amazing. I do think we should reduce the comedy in it, but I just think we should have somebody who's wearing nice clothes and who's reading the things and introducing the people. Cause that's how you would do any show, any awards show, any, any sort of show, like having a, vo- having a faceless voice do MC work is just weird. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it is too, but that's because you have to get. I don't know. I just think that the Oscars have just, had I such agree. a no bad, bad run of hosts the last like ten years. Uh, yeah, I agree. And we're just flailing in the wind. And then the fact that like the Oscars became this like lightning rod of like ruining your fucking career if you tried to like take the job of the host. Well, so right, wild, and you like, also have a lot of homophobic here. tweets that are yeah. that it's shocking but, you haven't thought to erase yet. Yeah, and it's just like. <laughs> It's such a weird con, like con, like combining of different things that it's just I don't know. I don't know what the how to solve the Oscars. Uh, Look, whatever else you want to say about cancel culture, I just want to say if it's twenty twenty one and you have racist or homophobic tweets that could hurt your career, and it hasn't occurred to you to delete them yet, that that's what you you deserve to be canceled for that for just being so dumb about this that you don't realize that's an issue. Yeah, that's. Anyway. I, I, um, I don't know who you're trying to make that point to. But yeah, I think yeah, everyone I'm not agrees really where that, that came from. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because well, you just you just mentioned ruining your career, and so I was thinking about Kevin Hart with all of his homophobic tweets, and it was like, yeah. well, not only should you not make homophobic jokes, but also, how did you get a job on television and not think that you should have a better public image? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not defending Kevin Hart. Don't don't put those words in my mouth. Well, I I feel like what you said was cancel culture is ruining America. That's what I heard. That's not um, what he said. He didn't say that at all. I heard He's that just... literally. I did hear that. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> Anthony, you, this you... is your whole Americans only in America episode. So, hey, Alex, this just so you. you know, just so you know, being defensive on behalf of cancel culture, I think they have it under. I think they have that position covered. Just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> all right, I think we've done a good job. I think we've solved it. I think. Um, hire me to host the Oscars and everything else. We agree. Add some categories. Well, let's we agree check on. your tweets. I need to check your tweets first, bro. You know, All well, right. Fun fact about I my mean, tweets: even though I've never tweeted anything homophobic or racist, they auto delete. Yeah, well, after I a have year. a bunch of right wing trolls on the internet that I need to consult with first. They sure, have go receipts. For it. But here's okay? what I'm t- my tweets auto delete after a year because there's <laughs> literally no benefit to old tweets. 
There no, really is no reason for old tweets. No to one ever exist. was ever like, "Oh man, remember in 2016 this joke ruled." It's never that. The only thing it's really that a matters, questionable feature of the entire website yes. that there would be such a thing as old tweets. Yes. Like <laughs> the only the only time it ever matters is if in like 2015 you were like, "Man, I feel like there's going to be a flu related to bats one of these days." Like that's worth <laughs> having around. Everything yeah. else should be auto deleted. Well, right. you you only save stuff like that in cases like a drill tweet because like that would be like deleting one of those would be like. Right deleting the mona lisa and sure, like, yeah, we, can't, yeah. we can't do that it's, that's right yeah and that, that's all so genuinely culturally significant and we NF, and, and, and obviously nfts make this kind of weird yeah. too and you can sell tweets later but it i do feel like what, what's happened in our industry is that anytime a, you notice that a friend used to have a lot of tweets and now they have zero tweets in their history you know they just got a job somewhere because the first thing that happens when you get hired on a network now is they make you delete all of your old tweets regardless. And so um, I started auto-deleting so that no one would ever know if I got a job until I announced it. Ooh, that's smart. That was my theory. Um, weird. Yeah. yeah. It's just the weird. I'm yes. I my ego pops up in the strangest places. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Nick, that's that's our discussion. If you have any suggestions for what you would like uh, like to add to the Oscars, I would love to hear them. We can include that next week. And also, please, um, you can find it on the link on the show notes to this. You can also find it on our Facebook and Twitter pages. The link to our Google form where you can enter our Oscars prediction contest. Uh, the winner or winners, uh, I don't under actually know the math on how likely it is that there's a tie, but I'll assume there's a tie. We will give people the choice to pick episodes it, uh, on the show. Um, and that is also a separate bet between the three of us. Whoever wins the most points gets to make everyone else suffer through whatever you want. Normal restrictions apply. No refunds. Um, and then the next week, we're going to be talking about the actual results. So we'll talk about how we did. And also, we'll find out if the disembodied voice was in blackface or whatever other terrible thing the Oscars could do. We will find out all of that on next week's episode of Read It and Weep. I mean, hey, we don't actually ahead. know what they're doing for, in terms of like, uh, is it going to be in the uh, theater that it's usually at, the Kodak Theater? Like, what are they I'm actually, actually, I'm not actually sure doing? I don't, I don't know. I have I, no idea. I thought, wait, I thought I saw something about where it was going to be, and I don't remember. Nah, I've lost it. Um, anyway, we'll find out and we'll talk about it. So enjoy the Oscars, everybody. Enjoy your Sunday night of watching the Oscars all evening. And uh, we'll join us again next week to talk about the broadcast. Um, send us your feedback, Facebook, Twitter, and of course, email us podcast at read-weep.com. And we really appreciate all of the meat buddies who continue to don donate to the show despite the quality. Uh, I'm Alex Falcone. Thank you for being here, Anthony Lopez. I'm so excited. I can take off these diamond encrusted Crocs now. Jesus. <laughs> oh, then you're supposed to put the diamonds on the outside. That Oh, that's that makes oh. sense. Oh, oh there's I'm so, so sorry. much blood everywhere. <laughs> Just like in my little Nas shoes. They're also full of blood. Um, thanks for joining us, Hunter. It's always great chatting with you. And I'm Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Psh. Bye. <sighs>